0: Alright, welcome guys to the show. This is Free Wine and Unleavened Bread. I'm your host, Dalton Locke, with Whitney Williamson. Hey. And David Overstreet. Hey. Wow, that was almost... <gasps> I tried to match it. We're
1: twins. Yeah, that
0: was pretty close. Twins. What? Twins. Twins.
1: We talked about it beforehand.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> um, this isn't the place for inside jokes.
1: <laughs> That's why we gave it outside. But just so y'all know,
0: fried pickles are back. Fried pickles are back at Zaxby's. <laughs> <laughs> don't go to zaxby's go to the chick-fil-a
2: should we tell them that story so they'll just know and they can laugh about it real quick um no sure sure story, let's do it yeah story. so uh what show were we watching david i survived i survived and Which, what's that about so i survived is a series about people who survived like near-death experiences and it's like it's it's a real show like it it gets pretty pretty serious i mean there's nothing to laugh about about this show absolutely nothing and there was one part where the little girl um apparently in minneapolis there was like a bridge collapse back in 07 08 i can't remember um but like this bus fell off this bridge and these people were like all over the bus and like Basically in a lot of pain and suffering a ton, and this little girl was talking about how this woman was like – her body was completely bent in the middle of it. Like I have ads on Hulu – or no, it was um, Prime Video, and -hmm. there was an ad for Zaxby's Fried Pickles in the middle of this girl talking about –
0: so like walk us through it. Like she was talking about this person. Yeah, she was. She was talking about like she was scared. Obviously, it was like an eight year old girl. She's
2: like, I was so scared. My mom, she I, she could
0: have died. Fried pickles are back at Zaxby's. Yeah, and it just like out of nowhere, and like, it was the was, funniest thing. There was no lag. There was no fade out. There was no warning no. that it was about to go to commercial. No, blind. it was just I thought she was dead, and
2: then fried <laughs> pickles are back. Yeah, I mean it. The whole episode, it shoved that down our
0: throats, that fried pickles were back. I didn't even know they had left, Yeah, but they're back. So I guess the next time that anybody is dealing with a near-death experience, the first thought that's gonna come to mind is fried pickles are back. Fried pickles. They need to go get some fried pickles. Right. If you had been at Zaxby's getting fried pickles, you would not be in this situation. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, an argument could be made. Whitney, do you have anything to say?
1: Not about your fried pickles <laughs> but i think toots trumps them all so
0: if toots it's... fried pickles are okay they're a little salty for me
1: what get a salt if it's lost its flavor
0: um listen <laughs> well i gotta hit us with, with some
2: deep stuff
0: right that's, at the beginning that's, here <laughs> that's the very thing though is that it hasn't lost its flavor it's too salty Nah. that's my stomach, Bro. <laughs> <laughs> um, stomach are you freezes. joking me <laughs> coffee like man
1: me. no way we about that's
0: juice. going two for two <laughs> is this an every episode thing now I, who knows my stomach just has something to say just <laughs> say goodness <laughs> that's what I think about salty food <laughs> cholesterol cholesterol yeah <laughs> no.
2: yeah
0: so, I think I'm going to go vegetarian this week. What? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I knew that. You did know that. <laughs> I know that.
1: If you go vegetarian, who's going to cook my chicken?
0: I mean... I'll cook it. I can still cook oh, no. chicken. <laughs> Stop. It's not like a moral thing that I'm doing. I'm just trying to lose some weight.
1: Ladies, if you need good entertainment and a laugh, hit up David. What? But if you need a good meal, <laughs> don't hit up David. <laughs> Call Dalton.
2: Says she... Hey... <laughs> So, you're saying that...
1: It says if your neighbor is hungry, feed them. So, (laughs) hungry neighbor number party (laughs) of one.
0: Yeah, Whitney has learned that she goes to David for the entertainment, and she comes to me for the food. Yeah. 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 They can't see you shaking your head. It's
1: like a combo. (laughs) (laughs) The pickles are bad.
0: We are not a burger and a large fry with a side of a drink.
1: You're more like steak and mashed potatoes.
0: Hmm. I'll take that. Am <laughs> <laughs> I like a New York Which strip or am I or I'm a filet?
1: It doesn't matter. You're medium, rare, whatever you are.
2: Mm. <laughs> so you're not fully. Is that fully cooked? No, it's not.
0: It's, no, it's just
1: a little pink. Still it's warm mirror.
0: with a little pink in the middle. Yeah. I mean,
1: I don't still want it in the field, but you know.
0: It in the field?
1: Yeah, like alive and mooing. Yeah. How
0: well am I seasoned? Mm.
1: Well, if you're cooking it, pretty good. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing, though. God's cooking me up. He's preparing me for holiness. Oh
1: yeah. shoot! Oh, there you really? have it, folks.
0: There's, there Ooh, it is. Child. <laughs> Honestly, if I had if I had been like a part of Jesus's ministry, and I was just chilling in the house with them,
1: I could picture you being Peter.
0: <laughs> probably, um, but I would have been the one cooking too. Yeah, like so cooking and preparing the house. So which Martha. Which one was like sitting at Jesus' feet? Was it Mary? Or was it Martha? Mary
1: was sitting at Jesus' feet, but Martha was preparing the stuff. So you're Martha.
0: Yeah, I would have been Martha. Uh Or I would have been right there with Martha. Nice. Mr. Martha. Not not in her mindset. I would have been like, no, let let Mary do her thing.
1: Mr. Martha.
0: No. (laughs) 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 Mr. Martha. (laughs) Don't sit here and get me tongue-tied.
1: I don't think you need my help with that.
0: Yeah, your shirt. shirt literally has a tongue on
2: it. <laughs> <laughs> it has a tongue. That's true. It's is that the Kiss logo? Um, I think it is. It is, but it's not. But Kiss. But it also
0: has the Britain flag on it. Britain flag, the British flag. Sorry, the Britain flag. Sorry, I can't He's, talk. He was one of the red coats. American. American. <laughs> he I, was one of the. I, I wasn't coats. raised out to talk right. Mm. Uh, no, um, this is actually a sweater from when I was in show choir in high school. It was my first year there.
1: So you sing and cook?
0: Boom. Ladies. Bachelor number one. Well, yeah. let's talk about this real quick. So I cook pretty well. My singing, on the other hand, is rare.
1: Oh, it is rare. almost like the steak. <laughs> He's
0: yeah. got a ton of rhythm, ladies,
2: just so you know. A ton of rhythm. No,
0: I've got a ton of pitch and tone and <laughs> harmony and melody. What I don't have is rhythm. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I, was being... I am so white that even my heart doesn't have rhythm. Yeah. It's okay. For those of you that don't know, I have an arrhythmia. Yeah. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. This downhill fast. <laughs> I literally have the drums over there. I'm going to go hit them. You should have done it, man. But you gotta you got to mess it up, though, because it's a play on the arrhythmia yeah (laughs) did it did it did it instead of (laughs) did it okay i'm gonna stop how was your week whitney you haven't talked at all
1: i totally talked i had all the great jokes literally like 30 seconds ago my week has been pretty good so far i am working on knowing the addresses to the things in the bible when i'm reading okay because a lot of times like i can tell you like the gist of it but where it's located, like where it lives,
0: mm-hmm. kind of working
1: on the address part. Yeah. Um, because there's some stories, like you can read the word and feel like you know it and like you've already read the story. And then later when it comes up in a conversation, if it's been a while since you've read, if you're not really putting in the word frequently, you actually like will forget a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going back and trying to like really re- freshen up on that and really get some more of the word in. Like, that's definitely an area that I haven't been as disciplined as I need to be. Yeah. So I've been trying to really um, go back and be like, okay, so what? If you've already read it, read it again, because God brings a new revelation every time that you read. You just got to yeah. believe him. You got to ask him when you're reading, like, hey, Lord, help me when I'm reading to, to reveal this to me. What do you need to show me? What do you need to say to me? And yeah. so kind of this past week, I've been more aware of that and also really aware of the amount of time that I've spent in front of a television. Um, huh. Even when I called the guys today um, I was like can we watch TV and (laughs) it's just like you know that that default that we have you know Mm -hmm. that we want to come home from work we want to relax unwind we don't necessarily want or feel like reading um, which that's not everybody but it is a lot of people like we've really compromised self discipline for entertainment and if we can put in minimal effort and not have to engage as much than we will and i found myself falling victim in that category as well so um one of my goals coming up the next few weeks is to turn the tv off more Mm
0: -hmm.
1: but like just turning the tv off more and not being so distracted or binge watching or taking in so much of the wrong thing and sometimes it's not that you're even participating in watching something that's bad but it's not really filling you up spiritually Mm -hmm. It's spending all this time feeding your flesh. And then whenever you do have something spiritual, like come up and you need to make a decision and you need to really press in and lean on God, you have trouble with that. Or at least I have, um, because I've been feeding my flesh so much and whichever one you feed the most is which one that weeds. And so really what I've been more aware of this past week and what I want to continue to work on is being led by the Holy spirit and not led by my emotions and my flesh and me just wanting to relax. Yeah. So there's your Ted talk for, (laughs) 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 but so
0: all in all your week has been productive.
1: Um, it's going to be, it's going to be, it's been more of those are things that I feel like God has helped me to be more aware of that. I was kind of not really trying to work on or focus on, or I was trying to ignore and I felt convicted about it. And so I plan on working on those things. I haven't implemented it yet, but I have been feeling convicted about them.
0: Gotcha. That's
2: so. the first step, though. You know, feeling, actually feeling like, I need to get this done. Like, yeah, I'm not with my schoolwork right now. It's getting exam time. And so it's just like, everything's online and everything's due all at once. And it's like, uh... <laughs> But you just have to make yourself do it. Like before we started recording, I was doing like two quizzes. Um, But they're done now, so I don't have to worry about them.
0: Not to mention you spent countless hours this week recording music.
2: Yeah, and that, I tell Dalton this all the time. When I record music, I will start with like a beat or something and once I get something down, like I'll look up at the clock, and it's been like eight hours. And I'll the only thing that makes me stop is either I have to go to the bathroom or I'm hungry. Yeah. <laughs> what is so funny with your stomach starts growling like mine does. That's yes. what it's always like makes them me. come back. Yeah. <laughs> it Says you. Wow. Can I read the text that you sent me before <laughs> no, you came over? Yes, huh? please do. No, can you I do read not. it?
0: This is you get, get text a from for our listeners. Get a peek into our. Our it's like lives. reading my
1: diary.
2: Yeah. She was like, first, okay, first thing you sent me, 525, is there food? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, there is not. We and ate about an sad. hour ago. And then she sent the sad face. You and can't. she goes, I'm going to go home for a bit at first and then before I come. And then, so I'm guessing you ate at home or was, or going to eat at home at that I point? I
1: was going to. And look, you don't want to do a podcast on an empty stomach. That's
2: sure. That's true. You well, you
0: well apparently you don't want to do it on a full stomach yeah. either. <laughs> yeah. And then... <laughs> no,
1: I don't want mine At to, least I
0: don't anyway. Well, yeah.
1: Don't want mine to sound like yours.
0: Yeah. But, but then again, I ate, what, two hours ago? Three hours ago? Yeah. So I don't know what's going on with my stomach. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> it's okay. He Mine's yet
2: to grumble, so... The grumble champion over here.
0: Yeah. My sister. Okay, so we put up some new wall art. In, uh, <laughs> what? Appa- Do you come to me for entertainment? Because you're laughing a lot. Stop it. <laughs> it's
1: not that I laugh at what you say, but it's like my own thought in regard to what you're saying. That's what I really Tell Tell
2: them what you thought real quick. You, know, you yeah. were listening to my song. Enlighten us. And one of the lines was, this is guerrilla warfare. <laughs> and tell them what you thought.
1: He played his song for me, and, okay, honestly, like, he's really great with the editing and the vocals and the layering and everything of that nature, and I was listening to the song for the first time, one of the lines, he paused after the word gorilla, like, he was singing about this girl, and (laughs) (laughs) some girl, you know, talking about, like, I want to, you know, do these things for you, blah, 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 but it said something about gorilla, (laughs) I'm sorry. Gorilla I'm warfare. I'm to laugh so I can tell you guys the story, but he, he's, he did say gorilla warfare, but there was a pause between gorilla and warfare.
2: <laughs> she just starts laughing. So
1: I thought he was calling this girl a gorilla. <laughs> 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 yeah. And I was like, why would you want to Yep. be all of those things for her? I mean. Yeah.
2: That's how I reel him in. I'm like, you're a gorilla. And then <laughs> they're like, like, oh. He's like, I'm hunting. Yes. Like Tarzan. <laughs>
1: He tried trying it's to find outrageous. his Jane.
0: <laughs> yes. There's so much uh, uh. so much game in the room right now. There's so much game. I just we'll choked go. on my own spit.
2: <laughs> that's attractive. Yeah, and that's how I get him to stay. Call him a gorilla, and then they come, and then I choke
0: on my own spit. I swallowed a leaf back there. Yeah. <laughs> Dalton swallowed a leaf today. Yeah, we were playing disc golf, and this leaf just came out of nowhere. It attacked me. It attacked my throat. And like there's nothing I could do but swallow it.
1: It's like natural herbal tea.
0: <laughs> sure. Pre-salad.
2: And like, I was teeing off for the next hole, and he was like... Oh! And I was like, <laughs> I was like, are you okay? And he was like, that leaf, man, I'm trying to get it up. <laughs> okay,
1: so if you guys could pray for us this week, obviously we have some, some yeah. issues.
2: Yeah, Got some issues. Throat issues.
0: Yeah. Everybody's week has been kind of... Different. Mine's been really tough. I'm just dealing with uh, the anniversary of a loss in my family, so it's uh, been tough for me spiritually. Um, it's kind of been all over the place. I've felt bitter. I've felt sad. I felt alone. I have felt um, joy. It's yeah. it's an emotional roller coaster. Yeah. You know, dealing with death but, as uh, um, three years now. You said. Yeah. So three years on Tuesday. It's affected me differently every year. Yeah. So this year has not been as bad as last year was. Last year it hit me for like the entire month of April. Yeah. Um, but this year it's just been this past week leading up to it. You know, I'm working through it. Yeah. Praying to God. You got it, man.
2: Got it. Um, the, disc, the disc golf today helped,
0: right? Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Um,
1: and the leaf.
0: And The leaf. And the leaf. <laughs> Man, what would I have done without that leaf? Yeah.
2: <laughs> and then you got to watch me completely throw my brand new disc that I just bought into the pond. Oh. Yeah.
0: And and after that, on the second to last hole, mm-hmm. he threw his very expensive yeah. disc that he had just bought yeah. into the woods. Or so he thought. Yeah. So we wa- we both watched it. It kind of... It like drifted to the left. It drifted to the left, straight into the trees. Yeah. And so that's where we were looking for it. Yeah. Finally, I was about to give up. I was about to go just go ahead and put my disc into the uh, basket. And lo and behold, there is his disc mm-hmm. right there by the basket behind yep. a rock. Yeah.
2: And so I basically it turned, it went from, wow, that was a terrible shot in the woods to wow,
0: I just eagled that hole. Like this for those of you who don't know what eagle means in yeah. disc golf it's <laughs> basically two throws yeah pretty
2: much it's just like golf um, and that hole was like what was that maybe 100 yards maybe a little over 100 yards yeah 100 yards yeah. there was a Something lot like of that. trees
0: so that's I what don't it know makes but
1: let's recap the other day when we went and played disc golf And David was like lining it up and doing his all his practice twist, and then he totally spins out and like face plants.
2: (laughs) I did not face plant. I back planted because I popped a pimple on my back.
0: Okay. Listeners want to hear that. I I know. I mean. So
1: he will call you a gorilla in his song. He will choke on his spit, and then he'll fall (laughs) and get his own back pimple. That's just really encouraging. Wow. I mean, it's
0: efficient.
2: It's I don't know.
0: Okay, moving on. Yeah. Moving on. <laughs> um, what do we want to talk about, guys? We can transition into the thorn. The thorn? The thorn. The thorn. What is... Okay, the thorn. Um, what kind of thorn are we talking about here?
1: We were um, talking a little bit earlier, like via text message this week, about um, the thorn that Paul referred to in his side in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. And he's just talking about how he could have the right to boast but he doesn't and here i'll read a little bit of it to you guys he said i will boast about a man like that but i will not boast about myself except about my weaknesses even if i should choose to boast i would not be a fool because i would be speaking the truth but i refrain so no one will think more of me than is warranted by what i do or say or because of these surpassingly great revelations Therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan, to torment me. Mm-hmm. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. And Paul goes on to say, Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. And that is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness, and in insults, and in hardships, and persecutions, and difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Paul obviously has this... Thorn in his side, and he never really gives it a lot of detail or a lot of glory. He just says that you know he it was asked to be taken away. Some people think that maybe he had like a disability or something, Mm -hmm. um, but it never really states. And Paul is always, no matter what situation he's in, always talking about the goodness of God and bringing God glory. I feel like we can all relate in that area that we have something about us, like an insecurity maybe, and if you're not an insecure person, maybe just an area that. Like, you're aware you're not the strongest in. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, it might not bother you, but you're aware it's not your, your strength.
0: Yeah. And
1: so, we all have one of those areas. And honestly, it's to keep... Like, it helps keep us humble. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Because pride's what caused Satan to fall Yeah. from heaven in the first place.
0: Yeah. Um, so, just to add this bit into it, a lot of people do debate on what the thorn is. Um, there's four major ideas of what it was there's that it's a psychological disorder or that it's a physical ailment or that it's the persecution that he faces or that it's like a sin in his life a sin habit and there, there's good explanations for all of those um we won't get into that but check into it yourself if you want it's a it's definitely an interesting read um and it'll i'm sure the lord will reveal something to you in his word if you study up on it Um, but the emphasis that pretty much everybody is able to agree on is that it wasn't specifically revealed for a reason Yeah. and that that reason was that it can be applied to us. Yeah. That we can realize that we all have a thorn in our life and in our side. Um, and that it, it's not specifically about a sin habit or a physical ailment or persecutions, we just all have a thorn in our side. And that thorn is given to us to keep us from becoming conceited in what we know about Christ. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's to remind us that we are the weak ones. Yeah. I think
2: God kind of uh, piggybacking on what you said, how it keeps us humble and it gives us something to work work towards and strive to, uh, to improve about ourselves um, I think that that's important I mean just like with anything like you need
0: some kind of a motivation a goal to drive you in the right direction mm-hmm. so. and um, Whitney and I we kind of disagree on this uh, whether it was given to us from Satan or from God um, but even that it's not, it's not the point of what's happening here mm-hmm. it's the fact that God is using this thorn to provide a way for him to be glorified in our weaknesses. Yeah. Um, and I think that's just so awesome because it reveals God's sovereignty. Given the fact that we all pretty much agree that we all have thorns in our lives, would y'all be willing to share what you might think your thorn is? Yeah.
1: I mean, I'm done for that.
0: Okay. Um, I'll just go ahead and share mine. Um, So I believe my thorn in my life is my desire for the love of a woman. Now, I'm not saying that that's a bad thing to have. Um, I know that can kind of be uh, confused since I'm saying it's a thorn in my side, but it's something that I struggle with a whole lot to keep it below God. Yeah. Yeah. I struggle to not worship that idea rather than God. And that has been apparent in my early childhood, in my teens, especially when I was running from God, uh, to the point of my baptism and thereafter. Mm -hmm. I think it's something that I'll always struggle with and it leads to uh, sin habits when I don't keep myself in check, when I don't read my Bible, when I don't pray, when I don't run to God, I run to sins of the flesh to fulfill this... Um, very good thing that God has given me, but I'm turning to sin rather than turning to God to yeah. fulfill that desire. Right. I think God uses that to be glorified when He strengthens me to not fall prey to the weakness. Yeah. Yeah. I
2: know you said that He gives it to you. Um, it's kind of something you manage instead of something that, like, maybe you inevitably get completely out of your life? How, how have you, um, or how do you plan to manage that thorn in
0: your side to kind of like get that under control? Personally, I believe there's only one way that you can manage it, and that is to turn to God. Yeah. That is to put God first above everything. Um, I believe that's why he tells us to die to ourselves and to be alive in Christ. Yeah. I personally believe that, That is why God tells us to turn to Him. He's the sole provider. Yeah. Nothing fulfills us without Him. Yeah. And so when things don't fulfill us, I believe that's a beacon or a red flag that we need to turn to Him rather than what we're turning to. Yeah. Whether it's television, whether it's hobbies, whether it's a friend, whether it's community, whatever it is, if it's not fulfilling you, that should be a red flag. That you need to turn back to God and ask him to fulfill you with his presence, with his joy, with his peace, because he's worthy of it. He's going to see to it that we keep coming back to him. Yeah.
1: yeah. What about you, David?
2: Um, I think for me, something that's always been a struggle for me is um, procrastination and this like laziness that I have. Like, I know back when I was in middle school, like, I know that I could have applied myself way more in middle school, high school, college. Like, there were so many aspects of my life that I just didn't try hard enough in. And, like, my relationship with God suffered for that. And I think now, um, I think efforts are being made, but there's still so much that I could improve on on that and I think that I know that I'll, I'll have to manage because you know in the business that I want to go into it's like you got to be prepared you have to want to do like you have to be the best at what you do to do what I want to do and so you can't afford to be that way um, and I think it's the same way with God obviously you have to kind of put yourself in a position where you're thinking about what you need instead of what you want and thinking that you'll have the time to do it later instead of, you know, realizing that you might not have that time. You might not have that, um, that time to do it. So I always think that I've always thought that that's my thorn, just like the laziness and procrastination. So,
1: so what are some things that you've done to like help you grow and get better in that area? Like what made you recognize it? And then what's some steps that you've taken to to do better and to not procrastinate as much?
2: Well, I think with anyone, the the procrastination, you notice it because things happen in your life like failure. Like I've experienced failure and like discipline in that sense a lot, like with, with my grades, with, um, with just my performance in certain things. And that feeling of just not being prepared and everyone else is dealing with the consequences of that made me realize it, um, I realized that I didn't want to feel that way anymore. I didn't want to feel kind of like a failure anymore. And so I just tried to take steps in my life to, to just try and get some discipline in my life. Like that's the thing I needed discipline in my life so bad. And like my parents were really good disciplinarians, but I didn't have the self-discipline that I needed to do um, what I wanted. So like, I know this past year and a half I've been really trying to get into fitness and trying to, um, be disciplined in that aspect. And I know with my schoolwork, I'm, I'm about to graduate soon, and I'm really trying to make that a priority. And also, just with my spiritual life, trying to um, really learn about what it means to have a relationship with God by reading, praying, um, making sure the community around me is going to pull me up instead of bring me down.
1: Honestly, for me, it probably could be a combination between the two of the things that both of you said. Uh, I'm probably going to narrow it down and say knowing the right thing and not always choosing it. I guess that could also be referred to like, you know, almost like a sin of omission, like knowing better and not choosing better. Mm -hmm. So for me, it had always been like unequally yoked relationships and from having the ability to see potential because I always wanted my potential to be seen. And so one of the strengths, which is also a weakness that I have that I would refer to as the thorn, would be seeing potential in others and seeing them like they're already there, which is great for building up people in the body of Christ. It's great for for being there for people and things of that nature. It's not always good in like romantic relationships. Um, It can really weigh you down. Like Satan doesn't really care if you're a Christian. He cares if you're an effective one. Um, And when you were talking about self-discipline, that was an area that I really wasn't as far as I would make excuses um, for it. Like, oh, well, we can hang out. It's not that big of a deal. Like, yeah. I'm not interested. And then, or, um, well, it's just texting. It's it's not a big thing. It's, you know, it's just a text message. Like, it's a conversation. I have conversations with people all the time. Right. The thorn for me would be knowing the power that is in quality time and things like that and giving someone your time and not choosing to do better. Settling for unequally yoked relationships because you get impatient when God asks you and tells you it's for your benefit to wait. Yeah, and so that was that's always been a pretty yeah. hard thing for me that I'm honestly still asking the Lord to help me with to to be patient and to not let good replace God because a lot of times things will come that seem satisfying up front. Yeah, but there's not long term reward from it. It's not fulfilling. It can't fulfill you.
2: Right. Mm-hmm. Um, that is so true. It's just like especially in the context of relationships, you just. You get these highs, and you think that they're gonna last, but they don't. The high you get from, from having a spiritual connection, is just—it's unrivaled by that. Yeah.
0: Because God's grace is sufficient. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, and part of that is, like you guys said, like choosing to bring that to Him, and to trust Him with it. So sometimes we bring things to God. It's almost like you cast your line like a fishing pole like a metaphorically like you will cast your line but you'll pull it right back you're like here you go god i'm casting my care to you but then you pull it right back yeah and i think that we have a tendency to do that a lot because we feel responsible to carry that and we're not yeah Yeah. um you were talking about discipline and i actually listened to quite a bit of john maxwell he teaches on leadership and um things like that and loving people and having an intentional life. And one of his quotes was motivation gets you going, but discipline keeps you growing. Right. Yeah. So I've heard that. Yeah. Like I always feel like I'm constantly moving, but I don't always feel like I'm constantly growing. Yeah. And honestly, I feel like relationships are where you run into a lot of your problems. You know what I mean? Because you grow in the context of relationships. I might not remember the last five, sermons or teachings or whatever I heard, but I remember how a person made me feel. Yeah. And so if Satan can get us distracted with wrong relationships or talk us into settling for something that's good, but it's not God, he can try to make us ineffective. Yeah. So, uh,
0: you mentioned something earlier about praying for the discipline, uh, praying for your contentment and singleness and stuff like that. Yeah. i um, had to ask for a lot of help with that. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> And I, I heard it put to me this one way. They suggested that you pay attention to what it is that you're praying. So I used to pray all the time that God would take away uh, my porn habit. And he he never did that. The thing is, is that God isn't always just going to take something away from you just because you're struggling with it. Yeah. What he's going to do is he's going to give you opportunity to show faith. He's not going to remove temptation from your life, but what he is going to do is provide a way of escape.
1: Yeah. I mean, when you said that, that reminded me of whenever Jesus was tempted. Jesus was tempted. The temptation wasn't taken away, but he addressed it with the word. Yeah. Like he had an answer. He had that way of escape that God provided. Like he knew how to combat that.
0: Of course. It is great to pray for healing and for strength and for patience and for faith because our faith isn't even our own god it's a gift from god god gives us our faith what we really need to focus on is that god is giving us opportunity to show faith to show patience to grow in faith to grow in patience right healing not really sure if there's much we can do there yeah um i might be wrong but it all comes from God, but God gives us the opportunity to grow. Yeah. And he doesn't just leave us to our own devices. He provides a way of escape. Right. And he also provides grace
2: too. Yeah. It's really a springboard for us to get back on our feet and keep
0: trying. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, since you mentioned grace, like that's something that because he's given to us, he tells us to give to others. Yeah. And I think, that's actually another one of our themes tonight. So if we want to jump in that, we can. Or, yeah. Whitney, did you have more that you wanted to say?
1: Um, no, actually, let's, let's jump into grace. But basically, like, let's give a, like elaborate a little bit. Like, Define grace. Because people hear that term all the time. They hear it within the church. And a lot of people hear, God loves you. Like, you have grace. His strength's made perfect in your weakness, but not a lot of people know why. Yeah. They're like, oh, okay, I know these things, but I don't really feel those things. And I mean, honestly, all the time, you're not going to always feel it. Sometimes you have to make the decision and let your feelings follow yeah. instead of letting your feelings lead. But if you could just elaborate a little bit on, on grace, you know, like really define that because it's a term that's used broadly. And a lot of times whenever we use words casually, they lose the weight of what they're actually supposed to mean.
0: Yeah. yeah. For those of you who don't know what secret church is, secret church is something that's hosted by David Platt every year. Um, he's a very respected pastor in Washington D.C. and he's written a lot of great books Uh, you're free to go check them out one of them would be Radical Um, but so he just hosted Secret Church this past Friday and he actually kind of said the same thing about biblical definitions of words that are just kind of thrown around that people have different definitions for and such and so he was making a point that we needed to know the biblical definition of a biblical word
1: yeah just so you guys know i like i briefly have heard of secret church but i did not even get to listen to that yeah. so definitely feel like holy spirit wants to get something across to you guys as far yeah. as actually knowing what what the things that you always hear actually mean
0: yeah Um, So I'm not going to get up and go grab this book, but I have a book that is full of biblical definitions and such. Um, So I'm just going to chill right here. I looked it up on my phone. Um, This is on Wikipedia, Uh, but it says, Grace is the the help or strength given through the atonement of the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm. Grace is a gift from Heavenly Father given through His Son, Jesus Christ, the word grace is used in the scriptures refers primarily to enabling power and spiritual healing offered through the mercy and love of Jesus Christ. Um, so given that this is Wikipedia, take it with a grain of salt. But uh, one thing that I do agree with what it's saying is that it's pointing back to Jesus Christ. It actually did, did it three times in that definition. Yeah. I believe grace is solely pointing back to the gospel. Yeah. Whenever it is used. Yeah. Um, the fact that we as sinners were dead in our sin and Jesus Christ came down as the substitutionary lamb in our place he died for our sins to save us from our sins and therefore we are saved and in Christ Yeah. and so that is for me that's a perfect picture of grace that he gives us something that we don't deserve yeah, whatsoever. Yeah. One sin and we're separated from God. God is holy. We are not.
1: I think that grace and, and forgiveness also go hand in hand. Yeah. Yeah. Like grace. Okay. First off, it's a free gift. It's something that you can't earn by works. Um, that was kind of a hard concept for me because, you know, I was always trained to think if you want it, you have to earn it. You have to work for it. Mm -hmm. And I think that even within church culture today, it's very performance-based. A lot of churches aren't even sure of how to operate in grace. Like, they know it's there, but they don't really understand the totality of what it is. Um, It's almost like choosing to forgive before someone ever made the mistake. Like, you've already made up your mind. Right. That, hey, whatever you do, I'm on your side. Yeah. Like there's nothing that you could do to keep me from being there from loving you from allowing you to have this room to grow and to mess up because my love is going to outweigh any mistake that you can make right and Mm. so for me that that is really a point um of how i have learned to receive grace and to give grace yeah because you can't give something that you can't receive and a lot of people they're like oh yeah like by god's grace you know i am who i am or you know whatever but really they haven't received grace like a lot of people have trouble forgiving themselves as well Mm -hmm. but if you receive grace you don't really have trouble forgiving yourself and forgiving others and um so even that's an area that i'm still working on like receiving grace and giving grace yeah Yeah. because a lot of times we try to give what we don't have yeah Mm -hmm. and i mean that's a huge one too
0: yeah, uh, Here's something that you can pray over yourself okay. when you struggle with giving grace, just as you've received it. Um, so in Colossians 3, uh, chapter 10, I'm going to give you a little context here. Paul is telling the Colossians that he's telling them about how they are a new creation in Christ, uh, how they should put off the old self and put on the new self. He's just specifically told the Colossians that there is not Greek or Jew circumcised or uncircumcised. There's no difference. We're all the same in Christ. We're different peoples, but we're the same in Christ.
1: Yeah, we're one body. Um,
0: He goes on to say, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, So you also must forgive. So that is something that you can pray over yourself and know that God is going to honor that because it is his words. You're praying his words over you. That doesn't mean that he's just going to change your heart and make you forgive them. He's going to give you the opportunity to forgive them. I believe he can soften your heart to forgive people. Yeah. Um,
1: but it's like the humility thing. Like yeah. those that exalt themselves will be humbled and those that humble themselves will be exalted. So it's going to him and being like, hey, I feel this way and I know my heart's wrong. Yeah. And I don't want to feel that way. Help me and reveal to me what I can do and how I can pray for this person or this situation and believe you.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think a big part of it, too, is. In my life, I've had these obstacles before and a big thing standing in my way was this person didn't get what they deserved. I wanted justice for what this person did to me, yeah. uh, how I felt I was wronged. And what I didn't really realize is that the vengeance is God's. Yeah. He's going to take care of that in his time. Um, what we're called to do is forgive. And we're called to love and yeah, let him right. take
0: care of all of that right after that in verse 14 and above all these put on love which binds everything together in perfect harmony and let the peace of christ rule in your hearts to which indeed you were called in one body and be thankful yeah the peace i mean the peace of the lord is just that that's the word just to have that peace over that and i just i think that is so awesome Mm. that god commands us Through inspiration of the Holy Spirit, in Paul's words, to let the peace of Christ roll in our hearts. Yeah. Yeah. That is so comforting that he doesn't want us just dwelling in our own forgiveness of ourselves, like you said, or of others. Unforgiveness, it wreaks chaos.
1: What was the saying I heard before? Like, unforgiveness is like catching yourself on fire and hoping the other person dies from smoke inhalation.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, talking about thorns earlier, it produces a bitter root in your heart. Yeah. That is going to put a thorn in your side. Yeah. Um but the fact that God commands us to let the peace of Christ rule in our hearts. He wants us to be at peace. He doesn't want us to struggle. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want us to suffer.
2: Yeah.
1: And part of that is like looking at the right thing because you reflect what you're looking at yeah and a lot of times we're giving a lot more glory to the situation even when we don't feel like that's what we're doing by over talking about it to our friends telling it to 10 different people speaking it over and over and over again replaying it in our head instead of replaying and speaking what god says
2: mm-hmm.
0: yeah
1: we give so much more power to those things
2: to
0: than we do to the word yeah and what we're doing is we're idolizing those things. We're yeah. putting those things above God. That is the biblical de- definition of idol of idol. Put anything that you put above God.
1: If you want to know, and I, I heard this as well. One time it's like, if you want to know what somebody cares about, where do they spend their time? Yeah. Your time, your talent, your abilities, where does that go? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is your time spent talking about people? Is it spent talking about your problems? Is it spent talking about the wrong thing? Is your time spent praying and giving it to God?
0: No. Yeah. Like. And that's that's so convicting.
1: It really is, and like applying these things, also like for our listeners, it, it is hard and it is a discipline. Mm-hmm. Like no one ever said it's going to be easy, but it is going to produce fruit in your life, yeah. and it is going to help you grow. Like discipline will get you so much further than the motivation will.
2: Yeah. Yep. The like, motivation is like, you know, the people who make the new year's resolutions to get in shape and then they're out of the gym by march because they don't have the discipline from that motivation yeah discipline is born out of motivation
1: yeah and like your daily small decisions are what become your life
2: mm-hmm. yeah
1: you're like oh new year new me and we're like no it's a new year and you still have the same habit so it's not going to be a new you yeah you know what i mean like you have to start making small decisions and continue to make them and then they'll become your habits.
0: Yeah. And I think it is wise to include God in all of those small decisions. Yeah. Don't make them on your own. You're not alone. So don't act like you are include God in everything. Yeah. Give him the glory in everything you do. Um, where does it say uh, in chapter 17 and whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Yeah. Because otherwise you do risk putting those things above God. That may not be your intention, but that's what you risk. Um, so I think it's very wise to put to include God in everything, to go to Him for everything.
1: Yeah. there's um, The part that I like is that God always keeps His word, but He gives us the opportunity. Like you said, opportunity to have responsibility yeah you know what i mean like just like with our parents like they provide for us they're not going to let anything bad happen to you know what i mean like they take care of us but we also have decisions to make with what they give us if we're going to be responsible and a lot of times if you're responsible you get a reward yeah and if you're irresponsible you you reap what you sowed yeah and a lot of people want to blame god for their decisions Yep. but he provided that whole time yeah and he never turned away from them period but they're reaping what they chose to sow and blaming him because they don't want to take responsibility yep.
2: taking personal responsibility goes so far so yeah. huge just there are so many people who hold so much anger in this world because they don't want to take personal responsibility for their own actions
0: mm-hmm. like so so many people blame God for these um, school shootings and stuff like that. but
1: God doesn't inspire that. No, not you know. at
0: all. That is a result of someone's decision, of yeah. a sinner's decision. Mind you, we are all sinners.
1: We've all... What, saved, what Saved or
0: not, we are all sinners. We've
1: all fallen short, like come short of the glory of God. Yeah. Yeah.
0: The things that happen in this world like that, They are born out of someone's decision, not from God.
1: Yeah, because when man sinned, like when man chose to be disobedient, then sin entered the world.
0: Yeah, but here's the thing about God's sovereignty. He knows what that person is going to choose.
1: And he loves them anyway, and that's grace. And he
0: loves them anyway. And then he is going to work everything for the good of those who believe. Yeah. So one thing that we have to know in those in these times is that to live is Christ, to die is gain. So when we are alive on this earth, we are in Christ. And we are sharing Christ with whoever we can. But when we die, that is gain. We don't want to remain here on this earth forever.
1: When did Paul was it Paul that called it um a tent? Like he's in this tent?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like
1: he referred to his physical body as a tent that he's just here for some time, but yeah. this isn't his, like, it's not where he's going to be forever.
0: Yeah. And so that should create an urgency in us to share the gospel with those who have not heard it, not make them believe. We can't make anybody believe that is solely up to God, but it is our responsibility to share the gospel with all the world.
1: So yeah, that reminds me, it reminds me of a quote Um, there was one that I had heard one time and it was really good and it really stuck with me. And it was, it's not about how many scriptures you memorize or that you know, it's how many you live. And there was another one that I heard and it was like, preach the gospel and only use your words if you have to. So a lot of times the way that you're gonna speak the gospel to people is gonna be more so with how you are in like honor and reverend and respect and walking with God than it is ever gonna be by you quoting what you know,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which is good. You do need to give them biblical truth. You do. Like when someone comes to you with a situation, you don't need to tell them what they want to hear. You need to tell them the truth because it's the truth that'll set you free. Yep. Yeah. But it's more about the anointing that comes from walking with God, being yeah. able to tell that you've been in his presence and you don't have to say anything. Yeah. They're going to be hungry for that. They're going to be like, wow, what is that? There's right. something about this person. Yeah. And, 'Cause our natural tendency is to be hungry for God, to want him, to know him. Like he's attractive. We have a hunger and a desire to know. It's not a sinner's problem. It's a hardened Christian problem where we've created this culture that you have to step into to get to know Christ because we're not gonna come to your world anymore. Yeah. And that's not what Christ called us to do. Um one of John Maxwell's teachings that I listened to, he's he called he he referenced this so well. He said it's not called the great invitation. It's called the great Commission.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm. We're called to go out. There's people that are never going to step into your church. And he was like, we are the body of Christ. It's our ability. It's like our responsibility to go out and to meet people where they're at. Paul said, I became all things to all men. So that for the sake of Christ, that they might know him. Yeah. And so really <laughs> sharing the gospel should look like how you walk with God.
2: Yeah. And I think, Kind of what you were saying earlier about speaking truth, even though the truth isn't very popular, especially with people who you who care about. That's your first opportunity. That's your first opportunity to share the gospel is with your immediate friends and family. Yeah. When you see something in their life that you feel that you need to shed some spiritual light on, just speak the truth, because they might not like they may not like you at first, but they will respect you.
1: Yeah, that's right.
2: That's what I've learned. It's like people. They didn't like me for the sharing my opinion, but they did respect me, and that's something that I would rather have.
1: It's funny you say that. One of my friends and I were um, talking about that a couple weeks ago, about a lot of people think they want approval, but really what they want is respect, yep. because respect is, is durable.
0: Mm-hmm. It's in it for the
1: long haul. Yep. It's, it's about character. Yep. Approval is so short-lived and just a small form of affirmation. Yeah. Approval is something that someone that's insecure needs. Yeah. Respect is something that you stand firm regardless if anyone agrees because you know it's true.
2: Yeah, and um as a, <laughs> I'm not a parent. <laughs> I was going <about> to say <laughs> as a parent, um, I know my parents. Like there were times when I was growing up when I mean, and I'm sure everyone can relate to this. Like you don't agree with everything your parents does, but. If as a parent, if <laughs> I keep saying that I'm not a parent, I don't have a kid. Um, when I do, though, the ultimate thing that I want is their respect. And that, that means they're not going to agree with a lot of things. But I do want their respect. And I think that that's that's a main point that I wanted to make.
0: let, let me ask you something. Um, if you do not receive that respect that you want, how would you handle that? As a parent,
2: yeah. <laughs> you can pray about it. That's that's the first thing you do. You pray about it, and you pray for the wisdom and the understanding. Um, you make sure that you read the scripture and that you know what the definition of being a godly man in the house is, or godly woman in the house, and make sure you're living up to that definition. You just have to. You can't force it. You can't force respect upon people. That's yeah. a, that's a common misconception that people have. Because the more you force it, the more rebellious people tend to get.
0: Yeah. And you realize that even if you don't have that respect, that you deserve and desire that you are still fulfilled in Christ. Right. And it's consistency.
2: People love a person who keeps their word and who is consistent with what they do. Mm -hmm. If you have a belief system,
0: follow that belief system every time. Yeah. Uh, Something I just wanted to add there um, concerning desiring respect or desiring anything for that matter. um, This was revealed to me in the Word uh, during a Bible counseling session. And it was like one of those mind-blowing moments. I was like, what? I had no idea that was there. <laughs> <What? Okay. laughs> I, I love I shirt. love those moments little I love them so much. Uh, so Genesis chapter thirty and thirty one. it's uh Jacob and um the story of like how he meets Rachel and he works for seven years to um, to marry her to marry her. Uh, and then Laban, Rachel's father tricks Jacob and gives him Leah instead. Right. And so then he has to work another seven years to get Rachel. Right.
1: Yeah. It wasn't really a two for one deal.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's romantic though. Right? <laughs> um,
1: God has humor. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But anyway, Leah is bearing Jacob's sons uh, while Rachel is not. And Rachel is like distraught over this. She goes to Jacob and she's like, why do you not bear me a son? If you don't bear me a son, or if you don't give me a son tonight, I might die. And Jacob's response to that was, "Am I in the place of God to you? Is it my power that puts fruit into your womb?" Uh, and so that that's revealing to Rachel that she's idolizing her husband. Yeah. And then it goes on to say even further that when they are fleeing from Rachel's father Laban that she secretly steals some of his household gods and it doesn't put a bunch of emphasis on that but so you've got to read between the lines on what's going on she eventually hides it too the fact that she has hidden these household that she's stolen these household gods and you've got to think why would she steal those yeah My uh, Bible counselor, he was like, think about that for a minute. First she goes to Jacob and is idolizing him over God. And then she's stealing these household gods. Mm -hmm. And she's still unable to have these children. Is it maybe the fact that she's idolizing these things. She's going to these things. She's praying to these household gods. She's quote-unquote praying to Jacob to give her a son when really who she needs to go to is the one who actually puts the fruit in her womb. Yeah. God. And I think that can be applied to not just childbirth, but anything that we want. Yeah. Mm
1: -hmm. Okay. So one of the things that my pastor had taught on before was it's okay for you to have things. It's not okay for things to have you. Mm. And to allow those things to take God's position in your life. And a lot of times a good marker for that or a scale is your ability to let go of it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. If
1: you're not able to release it, to let go and give it back to God and be like, you know what, if I don't have this, if I don't have this job. If I don't have this car or this phone or this, this person that I think that I should have, I'm going to be okay because I trust God. Because if it's not for me, I trust that he has something better. Yeah. And so just not letting those things have a hold on you.
0: Right. And that's something that's going back to the thorn talk. That's something I struggle with is my desire for the love of a woman. Yeah. I want that so bad that I am willing to put that above God. Even though I know it won't fulfill me. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's something that I have to constantly go back to God for. That's not something I will be able to overcome myself. Yeah. I know that for certain in my heart that I will always struggle with that. But I will rejoice in that weakness just as Paul rejoices in his own weaknesses because it glorifies God. But on another note, I just wanted to go ahead and reiterate something earlier about the gospel. So, earlier when we were talking about grace, we were like, what's the biblical definition of grace? Well, now we've thrown the word gospel a lot around a whole lot, and some people may not know what the gospel is. So let's kind of talk about the gospel just a little bit, uh, just to kind of give some people a clear definition or clear idea of what the gospel is.
1: We may even do a segment in the future.
0: Oh yeah, I think it definitely... On-
1: what the gospel actually is cuz a lot of people hear vaguely about Jesus, you know, you know he did this for me, blah blah blah. But they don't really understand or like they can't really wrap their mind around it. So, um definitely want to do a segment in the future really elaborating on that. For yeah. sure.
0: Um but for now, just kind of like a summary. Yeah. of what it is. I think that the gospel
2: basically it's the story of Christ and talking about basically setting the example for us to follow.
0: Yeah. Um, I think you hit the nail on the head when you said it's the story of Christ. But a lot of people don't realize that it's not just the four Gospels at the beginning of the New Testament. Mm -hmm. The story of Christ is throughout the entire Bible. Yeah. Everything is pointing either to or back to Christ. Mm Everything. Everything whether it's prophecies or whether it's stories, they're metaphorical for Christ. Yeah. They go, they point to Christ. They point to a savior. Um, but that implies, why do we need a savior? And the answer to that implication is, or to that question implied, is that we have sinned and fall, fallen short of the glory of God. And there is nothing that we can do to change that the law, which is the Old Testament was given to us to reiterate or to reveal to us of this fact that we are sinners and that we have fallen short of the glory of God. It was never meant to save us just to reveal to us that we need a savior.
1: Yeah.
0: And so everything in the Old Testament points toward who that savior is.
1: What was that I heard once? It was um, the Old Testament is Christ concealed. New Testament is Christ revealed. Yes. And so there are 66 books all together in the Bible over the course of thousands of years by different authors inspired by the Holy Spirit that all point to God's character and who he is and who Jesus is to us. Yeah. And what, what God, how he sent his son for yeah. us. They all point back to that.
0: Right. Right. So I think it's important to know how we are saved. The price of sin is death. And so in the in the Old Testament what they would do is a an innocent life in a lamb would be sacrificed on behalf of the human sin. Yeah. You see this all throughout the Old Testament. And then in the New Testament when Christ comes, he is that lamb. Why is he that lamb? Because he lived an innocent life. He did not sin. Yeah. Even though he was fully human, he was fully God, and he did not sin. Yeah. He died, and then he rose again, confirming that he was God.
1: Yeah. Can I give a little a little bit of a metaphor as well? Yeah. To kind of help elaborate? Because um, once you come to know God, he kind of reveals even more about that to you. And mm-hmm. it, it's so much easier to kind of understand Um, metaphorically it's almost like if you ran up a debt okay like on like let's say a credit card we'll bring it up to modern day so you say you ran up a debt on a credit card and say the penalty for this though was if you didn't pay it back you you died you owed a debt to somebody you couldn't pay it it cost you your life Mm -hmm. and you racked it up so high that there's no way that you could possibly pay it and it's, it's like God knew this, and he knew, even whenever you were doing that, that he already planned to pay for it. You know what I mean? And so, like, once you get the, the sheet telling you the terms and conditions, you're like, oh, dang. Like, I didn't realize this, but now I realize this, but you still keep running up that debt. But God came and he paid He paid it for you. He sent someone with the, the papers to pay that off for you with the checkbook, if you will and totally surpassed and paid that debt and covered any debt that you could have in the future if, you know, for whatever reason, you still chose to, to use that credit card. Like, he paid it all. And so, in relation to that, it's it's like we ran up the debt, we're the sinner, and God sent Jesus <laughs> to pay for the debt that we we have for the sins of the world.
0: Yeah. Um, I want to end with a quick verse and then a prayer um okay so i'm gonna start with this this is colossians 2 um verse 9 and this is talking about christ paul is talking about christ in this when he says for in him he's saying for in christ for in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily and you have been filled in him that is christ who is the head of all rule and authority that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in Christ. That's the gospel right there.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Um, but so we will definitely do an episode on the gospel at some point. Uh, we've already got our content up for the next couple of weeks, but we'll definitely do an episode here soon. Uh, i'm going to end this with a prayer so dear heavenly father thank you so much for what you are doing in our lives thank you for that even in the midst of all this crisis and uncertainty that's going on in the world right now that we have still have our blessings from you thank you that you sent your son to die on the cross to save us from our sins and father thank you for the grace that that enthralls. Father, you are an amazing God, and all we can do is respond in love to what you have done for us. Father, thank you for giving David, Whitney, and myself the opportunity to uh, speak into others' lives and to our, in our own lives. I pray that we are edified and that our listeners are edified and that maybe even some people come to believe and to accept Christ in their heart as a result of this. Father, in all that we do, we pray that it is to the glory of your name and that we give thanks to you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.